Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. So, two games. Two games left and the best words in sports, the Eagles control their own destiny. So, here's officially what needs to happen on Sunday for the Eagles to clinch a playoff berth. Philadelphia clearly would have to beat Washington. Minnesota would have to lose to Green Bay. San Francisco, and now these are an either-or situation here, so we would either need San Francisco to beat Houston or New Orleans to lose to Carolina. So it's you'd absolutely need the Eagles to win, the Vikings to lose, and then it's an either-or between San Francisco winning or New Orleans losing. Again, I mean, I, there's no preference here because uh, you just want to get in. And to be honest, this is like the first time in seemingly, what, a month? Two months? I mean... I'm not going to sit here and say Zach Wilson can't play the Jets quarterback. The Jets are just, you know, they're transitioning, obviously. They're in a rebuild. But, I mean, most talented quarterback we've played is probably Zach Wilson in the last, I'd say, two months. I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, Justin Herbert was the last really good quarterback we faced, and the Eagles lost that game, and (laughs) their punter never touched the field. That's why this week I was stunned. And I mean stunned to read that Jonathan Gannon is a potential head coaching candidate. Let me tell you this. If Jonathan Gannon is a head coaching candidate, I would be that man's best reference. I want to tell everybody how great he is because I just no longer want him to be the Eagles defensive coordinator. I mean, here's the thing. Are we giving up a lot of points? Is Are, are we winning the game? Of course. So, I mean... In one respect, absolutely. Has JG done the job that needed to be done? Of course it is. My only concern is this. If you're scared to blitz Jake Fromm, Mike Lennon, Trevor Simeon, Garrett Gilbert, Daniel Jones, you know, if you're afraid to blitz those guys, what's going to happen when you need to blitz guys like Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, you know what I mean? Like, that's what you're potentially going to face in a couple weeks here if you make the playoffs. I mean, that you cannot just sit back and, and, and hope that Dak Prescott makes a mistake. You can't sit back and hope Tom Brady makes a mistake. It's just not going to happen. That's not how this works. And the fact of the matter is this. When you get to play these guys that clearly are just that they're not NFL starting caliber quarterbacks with the exception of probably like I said Zach Wilson but you got him as a rookie I mean yeah your defense is always going to look good I mean it just is what it is they could have blitzed a hundred times they could have blitzed zero times and the same result was going to happen the Eagles were going to win those games because the other quarterback was just so inferior so him being a head coaching candidate, and then these fools on Twitter that want to tell you, oh, he's a good coach, he's doing his job, the Eagles point, it's like, yeah, I mean, that that's just so stupid. It's so absolutely dumb to say. I mean, really, if you think Jonathan Gannon has done a good job as the defensive coordinator this year, then you are completely out of your damn mind. There's no if, and, or but about it, because he absolutely sucks. He sucks as a defensive coordinator, and my single hope is that he gets hired to be a head coach somewhere so we can get somebody aggressive in there, because this soft ass just 
passive, weak-minded defense can just hit the bricks. It's not made for Philadelphia. It's really not made for this league anymore, but that's what we got. I mean, really, if you want an example of what I'm talking about, if you watch the game on Monday night, Ian Book started for the Saints. You know what the Dolphins did? They heated them up, and they only scored three points. And you could sit there and say, well, the Eagles were good. Listen, they turned them over right to start the game. They, they threw a pick six right there to start the game, the first possession. That's what happened. Because that's what you can do to these guys. You can turn them over. And instead of things having to be interesting, like they were with Washington. I mean, people forget, in the fourth quarter of that game, the score was 20-17. to 17. I don't care what happened at the start of it with the Eagles. I don't care. In the fourth quarter of the game, it was 20-17. to 17. That's what you get. when you, And that guy was on the team for three days. And people wanted to give Jonathan Gannon an A-plus for what he's done. He gets an F because he sucks as a coordinator. Now, we talked about their clinching scenarios. <laughs> the Eagles had to make some roster moves this week. So um, we had guys coming off the COVID-19 list. But unfortunately, we had guys going on the COVID-19 list. So um, first and foremost, who went on the list, right? It was... Let me get the names here. I already know them, but it was Derek Barnett, um, Andre Chachere, and Teron Jackson. So two defensive linemen. That is on top of Ryan Kerrigan, who luckily we for us came off the uh, list this week. Um, but again, that's just what the way it is right now in the NFL. It's something you're going to have to combat. The Eagles also made two other moves with their practice squad. They uh, re-signed Carrion Johnson to the practice squad. And again, this has to more so do with Miles Sanders, who we found out has a broken hand. And we'll talk about him in a little bit, but Carrion Johnson's on the practice squad. Luke Trigo back on the practice squad. They did release um, the kicker they signed, Matt McCrane. Now, my guess is Matt McCrane isn't really going too far because it was more or less probably a tryout. And if something does happen with Jake Elliott, Matt McCrane is right there to be the kicker that they'll pick up and he'll be the kicker. And then they protected four players, uh, Coyote Awasaka, um, running back Jason Huntley, um, Mac McCain, and linebacker Jacoby Stevens. So um, those were the moves. Now, they did activate LaRaven Clark, Andre Dillard, Teron Jackson, and Ryan Kerrigan from the reserve COVID-19 list. So that's a big deal because our defensive line was going to be in a lot of trouble without a lot of those guys. Now, it looks like Teron Jackson's going to have a more increased role if Barnett can't play, but Kerrigan being back, I know he hasn't contributed much, but again, it's better than what we were going to have to put out there, maybe even having Jannard Avery, <clears throat> Jannard Avery move from linebacker and come down and play on D-line. So um, right now, hey, the Eagles are taking this COVID-19 serious, as all teams should. The new protocols are in place. I guess, what is it, five days? If you're unvaccinated, five days, and as long as your symptoms have decreased, you can play, which is... Wild. I mean, that, that's just wild to me. And then um, if you are vaccinated, same thing, but you could test out earlier if you're vaccinated. If you test negative before the five days you're eligible to play, okay. I mean, I, I'm, hey, I get it. It is what it is. The CDC guideline, I mean, it's the NFL has adopted it, but it's really not what they've adopted. Truthfully, this whole five-day thing from the CDC is an insane thing anyway, where they're trying to say, well, if, if we don't do this, the workforce. So it's like, I heard their thing today it was so dumb. I mean, really, it, it was it's just counterintuitive. But if you come back after the five days, you're supposed to wear a mask. So it's not like these guys are being asked to wear a mask on the field. So like somebody like Carson Wentz, who's unvaccinated, more than likely will play Sunday, which is, hey, good for the Colts. I mean, you don't want to see them lose a chance at making the playoffs because of it. But I mean, the crazy thing is, I get it. You want to update it with the NFL, but there were teams here that got ravished 
these last couple weeks by the the old policy, it's almost fair that it should just ran the rest of the season like that because, I mean, you screwed the Browns, you know what I mean? The Washington football team took a beat down with it. I mean, there were teams like the Saints just took a beat in fort. They couldn't have their quarterbacks play, and now it's... I, I understand updating it, but it's updating it, and it's not really an update. It's kind of a, a get-out-of-jail card here. It, it's it's There's no... It's just not good. But understanding, hey, you know what? I mean, it, it, it's never going away. we got to figure out ways around it, but moving forward. Those were the roster moves this week, and the roster moves are a big deal because, well, as you said, or as I said, we saw a guy come on the roster, right? Carry on Johnson, and why is that? Because Miles Sanders has a broken hand, and Miles Sanders isn't going to play the rest of the season, potentially could play in the playoffs. He has a broken hand. The Miles Sanders thing, like I said, it's interesting because, listen, Miles Sanders has clearly a lot of talent. He's a really good football player. He's a good running back. Problem with Miles Sanders is he is constantly hurt. He is injury prone. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. My that this guy is constantly hurt. The Eagles would be absolutely out of their damn minds to sign him to an extension. Because again, he just can't stay on the field. You know what I mean? Like this is like Brandon Brooks 2.0 here. You know what I mean? Look at how many games Brandon Brooks has played in three seasons. Miles Sanders, you know what I mean? Here it is. This is the most important part of this season. The single most important games of the season. Once again, Miles Sanders is going to be on the bench. I, it just is what it is. You know what I mean? Remember how he made that declaration? He wanted to get guys, and you know, he wasn't going to sign injury-prone guys anymore. And Miles Sanders clearly, clearly fits the injury-prone um tag. I mean, that that tag is all over him. It describes him right now to a T. He'd be the one of the last people I'd be looking to extend. And again, this is what leads into a bigger point here because these last two games, they're important for so many people. And whether it's <clears throat> this game and, you know, the Cowboys game, it may or may not mean anything, but you'll have a playoff potential game there. And who knows how deep the playoff run is because all these stories can change. Like, you know what I mean? Let's just use Jalen Hurts, right? Everybody thinks Jalen Hurts is playing for his job, and he is. I mean, we could sit here and I could tell you guys all day that I'm good with Jalen Hurts being the franchise quarterback. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what anybody who hates Jalen Hurts doesn't want to see him be the quarterback. It all comes down to Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni, and the coaching staff. That's the truth. That's who this decision comes down to. I, I mean, the, the coaching staff is going to give their input to the front office at the end of the year. The front office is going to give their input to, uh, you know, Howie is, I know he's a part of that. And they're going to tell Jeffrey Lurie, and they're going to make a decision. They have three mid-level first-round picks. These are no longer three-level or three high-level first-round picks. They are now mid-level first-round picks. Um, I, the, the idea of potentially trading up for a quarterback is going to be there in the draft. They're going to have the potential to trade for a veteran quarterback for sure. I, I just know how this works. And Jalen Hurts has a very, like, this is the chance. You know what I mean? This is the ultimate chance for a guy like Jalen Hurts to just say, screw the noise. I'm solidifying this job. He is going to have a chance here on Sunday. If he plays very well, the Eagles win. And, again, it, it's not even a guarantee if they win they're going to get in. But, you know, it, there's a lot of things that are working in their favor towards clinching if the Eagles just win the game against Washington. If he plays well. And heck, if he plays well against Dallas, let's just say he plays well against Washington and the Vikings upset the Packers. Okay, and then we lose to Dallas, but Jalen Hurts plays really well. And the Eagles don't make the playoffs because, you know, things that they couldn't control um, 
happen. I mean, well, they could control it because they could beat Dallas and they'd be in no matter what. But let's just say they lose that game. They, they don't get in. But Jalen Hurts played two really good games. You could sit back and make the argument that Jalen Hurts has definitely earned the right to be the quarterback then. It just works that easy because you'll, you'll look at it and go, you know what? At least in our biggest moments, Jalen Hurts stepped up and Jalen Hurts was, was not, you know, didn't like <laughs> the pressure was not too much for Jalen Hurts. But here's the thing. We could also look at it from the other side. Let's say the Eagles miss the playoffs and it's because Jalen Hurts plays really bad these last two weeks. I can absolutely guarantee you this. Jalen Hurts' seat will be hotter than the sun. And his status as the Eagles quarterback will be the most questionable status there had ever been. The Eagles would probably have to fall on their face trying to make trades or acquire a new quarterback and or draft or whatever. He, he would be option 10. But again... This is the ultimate scenario for him, and it's like you hear that, and people go, oh, is that fair? This is what this guy wants. You know, like that's why I believe in Jalen Hurts. I know for a fact, if you went up to Jalen Hurts and you tell him, and he knows this, I mean, it's not like you'd be breaking news to him. He wants that. Great players want the ball in their hand when the pressure is the most, and this is when the pressure is the most, and he wants the ball. I mean, is it possible that Jalen Hurts can play a really good couple games here and the Eagles still make a move? Of course they could. I mean, anything's possible here. I, I know for a fact that, you know, that this is just what they do. They're going to sniff around Deshaun Watson. They're going to sniff around Aaron Rodgers. They're going to sniff around Russell Wilson. They're going to sniff around, guys. I mean, there was that crazy article that said they were going to sniff around Kirk Cousins, and I can assure you this. If you want a mutiny in Philadelphia, the number one move would be you trade a first-round pick for Kirk Cousins. Uh, that ain't going to happen. Uh, but I'm telling you, I know, like, hey, it just... The goal here is the Philadelphia Eagles feel that they are in a position that they can win starting next season. I personally think the greatest way to win starting next season is with Jalen Hurts, who makes $1 million a like per year. His contract makes it so advantageous for the Eagles to get good fast. Now, here's the thing, too. Remember the Buffalo Bills two years ago? When did the, when the Buffalo Bills made their big leap, right? When Josh Allen made his big leap. How did that happen? Oh, that happened because they traded a first-round pick to Minnesota for Stephon Diggs. The Eagles have three first-round picks, and we're all just sitting here going, well, the only trade they would make is for a quarterback. I'm not ruling out that they make a trade, one of those picks, for a wide receiver. Listen, it's clear and it is obvious that, you know what I mean, Devontae Smith is a grade one type player. He's a legit wide receiver. You need to get somebody to pair him with. And Jalen Rager just isn't going to be it. Quez Watkins seems like he's a very good, you know, stretch slot receiver. And hey, the year we won the Super Bowl, Nelson Aguilar was a stretch slot receiver. He was a vertical slot. That's what Quez Watkins is. He's a vertical slot. The tight ends are able to then eat over the middle. That's what Dallas Goddard is doing. That's what they're going to hope Tyree Jackson develops into. But you need somebody else at wide receiver that could help, you know, that could obviously help, you know, Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and Jalen Hurts. Heck, even if it isn't, even if they end up getting a different quarterback, they're still going to look to upgrade that other wide receiver position. But these are things that are going into next season. You know what I mean? That Like that, that's what this team is going to look to do next season because we're talking about why these games are important for this season like I said that's why it's important for a guy like Jalen Hurts I just said his name Jalen Rager these next two games are critical for Jalen Rager I mean if Jalen Rager wants to you know silence some of these scare like he could go out and have two really big games here and all of a sudden you know what you're sitting there saying 
Maybe we don't need to go get so desperate on getting another wide receiver. Maybe Jalen Rager can do it. Do I see that as something that's going to probably happen? No. But is it something that Jalen Rager's thinking is possible? For sure, as he should. I mean, I'd like to see the Eagles use him more like a Debo Samuel. Start giving him the ball in the backfield. That's when he was doing his best. We keep saying it. Use him in different ways. Try to help build the guy's confidence. Because if you're going to play him, you might as well try to get the most out of him. But, I mean, these these games are huge for a guy like, you know what I mean, um, Sua Opeta if he has to play, Nate Herbig if he has to play. You know what I mean? Like, guys like that that are looking for depth that could be on this team for a while. Because, I mean, here's the thing. Like, next year when you look at the offensive line, Jordan Mylotta's locked in for sure. It's Landon Dickerson's locked in at left guard. So that puts Isaac Ciamalo either at right guard, because Brandon Brooks is definitely not coming back. He ain't playing this year, obviously, and they're going to move on from Brandon Brooks one way or the other, as they should. But it'll be either Isaac Ciamalo, Jack Driscoll, you know what I mean, for that right guard spot. But that, that that's the point here. Like, maybe Isaac Ciamalo becomes expendable. He's missed significant time the last two seasons. Maybe the Eagles just go, you know what? We could trade Isaac Ciamalo. We we have good depth in Herbig and Driscoll. We could go get a center, like somebody to potentially replace Kelsey, because I don't think Kelsey's retiring either. He's playing too high level. Lane Johnson obviously is not going anywhere. He's as high level as high level gets. But I there's just a lot on this team. There's so much of these guys that are just looking forward, like TJ Edwards on defense, you know, Alex Singleton on defense. You know, like Marcus Epps, a guy I think who's flashed as a safety. Big games are coming for these guys. These are big moments. Now, let's talk about the actual game here because, I mean, we, we beat around the bush enough here. We've talked about what's going on, what to look forward to, who these are big games for, all this stuff. Is Howie doing, like, you know what I mean? That was another topic I heard this week. Is Howie doing a good job? I mean, uh, I again... Like I said, we've seen the, the quality of the quarterbacks of the opposing teams we've played these last two months. I want to see us beat an actual team with, you know, with some firepower, with somebody who's just not a complete disaster at the quarterback spot before I start handing out some roses. But before I preview this game of Washington, I do have a quick word here from Anchor. Now, the injury report for this game, um, the good thing for Washington is it's incredibly different. They have so many guys now off of this COVID-19 list. This game isn't going to be ravaged by them having guys that can't play playing in this game. Um, but it looks like, you know, Antonio Gibson today was limited in practice with his hip. William Jackson did not practice with his calf. He's their corner. Montez Sweat, um, it was a non-injury reason. It was personal, didn't practice. So I don't know what his status will be. Sadiq Charles, their um, offensive lineman there, he had an ankle. He's limited. Curtis Samuel with his hamstring was limited. Um, James Smith-Williams was limited. Uh, looks like he was out. It, that could potentially be a COVID-19 thing. Uh, Taylor Henneke with his knee was a full participant. Sam Cosme was out with COVID, it looks like. But Antonio Gibson's a big one there with his hip. I mean, he got banged up in the Eagles game as well, but he was limited. And, you know, Henneke being full. Again, Kyle Allen's back, so there won't be any Garrett Gilberts. But, um, listen, Washington's could get they, – they're coming off a beat down. They got beat down in Dallas last week. That scares me. And you'd sit there and say, well, why would that scare you? Because you know how hard it is to just beat a team up two times in a row in the NFL? Normally, it just doesn't happen. If a team gets throttled one week, the next week, you know what I mean? It's just it's it's almost hard to do it again because it's the NFL. These guys are all NFL players. This is going to be a tough one. Washington is still playing for something technically because um, 
they're not technically they, they they're pretty much eliminated. I mean, they need about a million things to go right, but they're technically not eliminated. If they were eliminated, I would sit there and tell you that this could be something for the Eagles a little bit. Because, again, like last year when it was nothing for the Eagles, we kind of laid down and let Washington win the division. I mean, I could have seen a scenario like that almost playing place again for Washington because here's what Washington's really going to want to do this offseason. We're, we're talking about our quarterback situation. They're really going to be looking at their quarterback situation. And they're, they'd actually have a chance, then they do here, to pick a very high pick in this NFL draft. So they might be able to get in the Kenny Pickett business or Matt Coral business and try to rebuild the position that way. Or use one of those picks to trade for one of these veteran quarterbacks. And you know, the Giants are probably thinking the same thing. So they're sitting there with the Giants. There's a lot of things going on in Washington right now. So I mean, that's the, hey, the Eagles are four-point favorites. Should the Eagles win the game? Absolutely. They're better than Washington. But this is going to be a true test finally for the defense because Henneke at least has some playing experience and he's a mid like I, a lower mid-level quarterback. I mean, he could get hot and beat you, yes. I mean, hey, he led the Washington football team to a victory this year over Tampa Bay. I mean, is, is he Dak Prescott? Obviously not. But he's way better than Garrett Gilbert. He's way better than Jake Fromm. He's way better than Mike Glennon. And he's way better than Trevor Simeon. Now, the Eagles injury report, um, Sanders, like I said, is out. Jordan Howard, when his stinger was limited, so, I mean, they're hopeful he can go, but that's why they also protected Jason Huntley on the practice squad this week. They signed Kerryon Johnson for a reason because they know Sanders is done for this year. So, hey, they want to have all their ducks in a row. Um, Fletcher Cox was rested, uh, obviously. So him and Kelsey and Lane Johnson, they rest on Wednesday, so they're always on the injury report, but they were um, full participants today. Um, Kenny Gainwell with his ankle was a full participant today. Kayvon Wallace with his hip was a full participant. Herbig with his knee was a full participant. Jalen Hurts with his ankle was a full participant. So it looks like the only guys in question right now are Howard and Sanders is out. So, hey, right now, you know, hopefully, and it stays like this the rest of the week with the COVID-19 thing, the Eagles are able to go into the game with this roster because let me tell you this, they should win this game and can't start slow. I mean, that's been the problem here these last couple weeks, these slow starts. Eventually, that's going to come up and bite you. But again, the thing is they've won both games with slow starts. They're not going to start slow every single game. I think this is a game where you're going to watch the Eagles, and I think that they're going to actually come out of the gates pretty good here. And I think Philadelphia might end up running this one up a little bit. I really do. I think that if they can get out to a good start early, that they're just going to have Washington tap out. And all of a sudden, guess what's going to happen? The Eagles are going to be booking a playoff spot because I really don't foresee the Vikings beating the Packers, and I don't foresee the Texans beating the 49ers. But again, if so, hey, even if one of those doesn't happen, you go into the last game with the the best scenario in the world, controlling your own destiny. Now, the question then would be, would the game matter to Dallas? And it looks like it's going to because they're in a three-way tie right now with uh, Washington, or Washington, with Los Angeles and um, Tampa Bay. If it ends up being that, you know, the Buccaneers this week, I think they play the Falcons, who are still battling for a playoff spot, mind you. And, but I mean, I, you don't foresee them losing. And then you got the Rams who are playing the Ravens. And the Ravens clearly are battling for a playoff spot. So that, that could be a, a very difficult game for the Rams. So the, the Cowboys are playing the Cardinals. I mean, who knows? If the Cardinals show up and finally beat Dallas, um, maybe Dallas just says, you know, screw it. We're going to be the four seed, and we're not going to worry about getting guys like Dak Prescott hurt, who's been hobbled all season. They've had to deal with a lot of injuries. You know, Elliott's banged up. Pollard was banged up. Their offensive line was banged up. You could see Dallas maybe going, hey, we want to, be sure we're ready to go the following week. 
you know, it, it just is what it is. There could also be the scenario where, hey, if they, again, if they're the two seed, I mean, it'd be playing the Eagles two weeks in a row. Again, they've and ironically that has happened before. Dallas beat us twice. I think it was McNabb's last year. It was. They beat us in the last week of the regular season to win the division, and then they beat us in the playoffs. So they have a history of doing it. So I don't think they're afraid of it. Big game. Can't wait. Probably, you know what I mean. I usually do a post game show on Sundays. Obviously, uh, I might want to wait. Right. Depending on like that Vikings game, I mean, yeah, I, I almost am be tempted to just wait until the end of that game, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens in the game. If the Eagles win, and it's great, we'll see how the emotions go. But Sunday is huge, huge for the Eagles. The college football playoffs this week. Go Cincy and go Michigan. Let's get the SEC out. Root for something there, and then obviously come Sunday, we got to root for the Eagles. We'll root for the Alabama guys on Sunday. How about that? You don't have to root for them on Friday. Root for them on Sunday. So stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated. Go Eagles. Go.